0: Entrepreneurs always think they have a bulletproof business plan. Mike Tyson once said, Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Today's guest on the Financial Operating Base is someone who has persevered with his plan after many punches U.S. Marine Corps veteran, champion boxer, and CEO of Ironbound Boxing, Mike Stedman.
1: Welcome to the Financial Operating Base, a podcast and community to help you, the veteran entrepreneur to navigate the terrain and accomplish your mission of business success. And joining us today is Mike Stedman, CEO and founder of Ironbound Boxing and a U.S. Marine Corps veteran. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited about this episode because obviously with your background as a a boxer and a champion boxer and in the fitness kind of space, I love everything about fitness, the discipline, um, the challenging nature of it. So I'm excited about this this, uh, conversation we're going to have. Me too. Me too. Let's get right into it. Well, tell us about your time in the military and what eventually led you to start Ironbound Boxing.
2: So uh, I got introduced to the military, you know, going back in high school. So, um, you know, I didn't grow up with a, with a father around, never met my dad. But a, a friend of mine I looked up to in high school, he went on to go join the Army. And so, you know, he was about three years older than me. And, you know, seeing what he was doing it naturally made me feel like, oh, that's what I'll do. And then but my mom, you know, she was an administrator at my local high school and she was really pressing me to go to college. And so we started looking for uh, different opportunities that would allow me to do that. And so I'm from College Station, Texas, and Texas A&M is right there with the Corps of Cadets. And uh, I started looking into that. And I was like, oh, I'll join the, the Corps of Cadets. But what, what ended up happening was uh, I found out about the United States Naval Academy, and I felt like that was the Corps of Cadets on, on steroids. You could go to a service academy for free virtually. Um, these were flagship schools in the country and it would be a good opportunity for me to get away from, uh, from Texas. And so that was really my introduction into the military.
1: Well, as a Longhorn, I commend you for avoiding Texas a and <laughs>
0: And as a West Point grad, uh, I understand if you had to go with one of your safety schools, we're good.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I actually, and I, you know, it's funny because I did, actually apply to West Point as well, and I got into both prep schools, so the Naval Academy Prep School and West Point Prep School. But I end up turning down uh, West Point to go to uh, the, the Navy prep. So,
0: Well, you're such a phenomenal boxer. We do wish we could add you.
2: Yeah. I never lost to West Point while I boxed, though. So that's what I'm proud to say. Not once. I never lost a boxing match to West Point.
0: My hat off to you. Congratulations. Yeah.
1: Well, tell us about that and then your transition out of the military and into um, owning a boxing gym.
2: Yeah. So um, when I got to Annapolis, they made us all pick a sport. I ended up picking boxing, fell in love with it, started out pretty rough, wasn't very good at it. But through a a series of events, I found my passion. I ended up winning three national championships as a light heavyweight boxer and two most valuable boxer awards. And I finished out as, you know, team captain of the Navy boxing team. And so when I left the the academy, I went on to the Marine Corps, served as an infantry officer with 1st Battalion, 8th Marines, deployed to Afghanistan in 2012, and Japan in the Philippines in 2014. And then when I transitioned out, I decided to uh, move to Newark, New Jersey. So you're probably wondering, like, how do you go from Texas to, you know, end up in a place like Newark? And it really goes back to my, my Naval Academy days. You know, what I tell people is uh, you don't win three national championships boxing a bunch of midshipmen at the Naval Academy. You know, I had to learn boxing in inner city gyms in Baltimore, D.C., um, Brooklyn. Uh, I would go inside these inner city gyms and train alongside young men and women in there. And what I realized was uh, a lot of them had different aspirations, life aspirations than my teammates and I from the Naval Academy or even the service academies in general. So inside an inner city boxing gym, a lot of the time, the kids in there are just looking for opportunities to sca- escape the streets. Um, they only look at boxing as a means to turn professional where they end up going back to the neighborhoods that they're from and you know getting in uh, all kinds of trouble. But for those of us that go to the service academies, whether it's Air Force Academy, West Point, Navy, we box, but at the end of the day, we're all going to go off and be officers. We're going to get out the military and start our own businesses. We'll go to uh, you know, business school, law school, or just become leaders of industry and something. And I wanted to bridge the gap between, you know, the service academy boxing programs and the inner city boxing programs. And that's what led me to Newark um, to start Ironbound Boxing.
0: The the one thread of continuity, Mike, that we see across a lot of veteran-led businesses is there's just amazing dedication to give back to the community. And you've just expressed a lot of that. Um Ironbound is an amazing social purpose where you benefit the local community there in Newark. Tell us about how you developed that program and, and tell us maybe some success stories about, you know, some of the young men and women you've worked with.
2: Right. So when I you know when I first moved here, coming to a place like Newark, I just knew. A lot of people wouldn't exactly be moving to a city um, like Newark, New Jersey, let alone service academy graduates. And so I think we're just built differently just in terms of our drive and our passion. And I felt like if I could just get on the ground in Newark, I could make magic happen. Uh, Got on the ground here, took a job working at a private school in town called St. Benedict's Prep. It's a school that focuses on uh, young men of color. About 90% of the population is uh, black and Latino and i ran the residence hall there for many years but while i was doing that i was also coaching kids out in town Uh, my my initial business model was to go find a boxing gym pay whoever kids i was training pay their membership and then just train them there but i realized pretty soon that wasn't the best business model uh just because you know a lot of kids aren't necessarily going to stick with the sport and i ended up just training kids at different gyms out in town luckily the city of newark opened up a free gym and so i was training kids there and then i just saw the way stuff was getting done at the local gym that I realized like, Hey, I think we could do a little bit better than this. And so I approached the city of Newark and asked if they had a space somewhere in the city that I could outfit into a boxing gym. I told them it wouldn't charge them anything. It wouldn't cost them anything. All I needed was the space to do it. And I would take care of everything else. And uh, the city gave me the thumbs up. They gave me a space in the back of a rec center in the Ironbound neighborhood of Newark, hence Ironbound. And uh, that's became the Ironbound Boxing Academy.
1: you've seemed, you seem to have really bridged or combined both your passion for, for boxing, um, a desire for entrepreneurship and kind of creating value and creating a business and, and all of that with a social passion and that desire that Joe talks about to give back uh, a sense of altruism. What advice would you give to a veteran who may be passionate about something, but unsure how to, kind of make it work like that, because I think there's a misconception that you can run a profitable business and have that type of venture that still provides, you know, tangible social value to the community. It's not business and nonprofit charity separate. There's ways to combine them. and, And you found a great way to do that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, my business model and all this stuff has kind of just been developed over time. I like to consider myself like the reluctant entrepreneur. I was just a guy trying to solve a problem. I had this gym. I got this space for a gym. Now, I wanted to train kids for free. So how am I going to make money, obviously? And uh, I also need to raise support for the equipment and everything else. And so that's what really you know, led me down the entrepreneurship path. And you know, going back to your first question is, the biggest thing is just kind of get started. You figure out as you go, I think with uh, entrepreneurship, it's kind of painted as this thing that might seem unattainable for some people or they they see people like myself or even you all you guys doing what we're doing and they think it's just some like we have something that they don't right but I think the big thing that we have is just action, just getting started And you know through my entrepreneurial journey I've had the opportunity to go get educated at Stanford. I spent a summer out there at Stanford ignite um, and that was and it was a free program for. Um, veteran entrepreneurs out at Stanford University. It's actually not free, correction. It's an entrepreneurial program for four weeks available to veterans um, at Stanford University. And that was really my first like formal education in the business. And when I got out there, that was when I kind of start to understand that, hey, there were opportunities to, to build out my vision outside of just the traditional nonprofit model. And so I came back from that and I got plugged into social entrepreneurship at Rutgers University of Newark, took some nonprofit classes, tons of reading and everything. And then I found out about the, uh, you know, social impact, social entrepreneurship movement. And where my mind is at now is going back to what you said is you don't necessarily have to start a nonprofit to do social good. Right. I think that's the power of like small businesses. You know, people that start small businesses tend to support the communities that they live in. They tend to hire people from the communities that they live in. You know, their kids go to school at these communities. So there's going to be more of a social buy-in in general. And, you just see so many opportunities to, you know, just kind of just get out, whatever funds you're using, there's always an opportunity, even just being creative to have that give back.
0: I think that thought of creativity, which you just mentioned, that's essential to being an entrepreneur um, because you're gonna explore some paths that were not pre-built or pre-carved for you. um, And that's maybe where the infamous pivot comes from. So it sounds like you've pivoted your business a little bit here and there to make it better. Um, Yet You've kept with that central theme of building around boxing and building around social purpose. Um, Where do you see things going? Where do you want to go both in your individual growth as an entrepreneur and where do you want to take the program with Ironbound?
2: Obviously, one of our uh, our themes at Ironbound is more than boxing. Um, When I first started doing this and all the aspirations I had for the brand and the venture, you know, some people just didn't really get it right? They're like, okay, you got this free boxing gym. And you're right, I've I've made multiple pivots. First, we started out as just a simple nonprofit. Then I started to look at ways of, is there a way we can use technology to kind of push kids into different boxing programs for free and then cover that cost? But more recently, our, our biggest pivot was transitioning to corporate boxing. So the model is we essentially teach boxing as a form of employee wellness to companies in the New York City metro area, over the last year, we've, uh, our clients include you know, WeWork, Spotify, and Next Jump. We're running weekly classes out of there. And I kind of came up with that model one as a way to um, get boxing outside of just the inner city, right? Generate income outside of inner city because a lot of people in inner city, they just don't have the funds um, and going into places place like these corporations. Another place was I wanted to build a pathway for kids coming out of my program to uh, generate income. Um, and so the idea was you get started on this corporate wellness piece, Ironbound Boxing, because a name brand in the space. And as kids come through our free program at the Ironbound Boxing Academy, we're able to get them um, paid as trainers in corporate boxing. Um, so that's one vision of it. And the other thing is, I think I've just been so blessed just being a veteran and learning so much doing this entrepreneurial journey that I really want to help other founders of color in Newark who aren't veterans and have to work you know, twice as hard with twice less support I really want to help them up their business acumen through the lessons I'm learning building Ironbound Boxing. And so, you know, I'm really just kind of creating this ecosystem of personal and professional growth. And I want to empower communities of color, both through boxing and through entrepreneurship.
0: Can you flush out that uh, corporate wellness and boxing piece a little bit for us? I mean, I could tell you I've had plenty of jobs where I wish I could have gotten a ring with my boss. (laughs) i'm I'm just curious how
2: how does that work is it a great team building experience for the the folks you work with Uh, you know what there's just this buzz going on about boxing now i mean if you if you're in the new york city area i think all across the country you have this boutique fitness you know popping up posts like soul cycle and employees in general especially because of tech um tech has really kind of integrated uh a lot more opportunities for work right so when you're competing for talent it's not enough just to give them a 401k benefit, 401k health benefits. A lot of these companies are integrating employee wellness programs. So yoga, meditation, uh, fitness. And so, you know, I had a mentor who said, hey, Mike, I love what you're doing with Ironbound. Let me hear the vision. I told him what I want to do. And he's like, I think companies will be willing to pay for that. And I was, say, I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I think they would be willing to pay for it. And so that really opened my eyes up to whole corporate wellness. Didn't really know much about it. But that was a business model that ultimately led me to quit my job and focus on developing Ironbound Boxing full time. So essentially what happens is, you know, uh, these companies we work with, they allocate time um, during the weekday for us to come in and teach just their employees boxing classes. Now, one of the companies we work with, I just train the CEOs. So they're (laughs) co-CEOs. I train the CEOs of the company um, and they're top performers. So at most, we'll have two people um, in a session. But at like Spotify, where we're at, we have just a group class. It's like 20 people in there. 24 is the limit. Um, And we just train them boxing.
1: This is a common question that folks listening are going to have. But how did you get in front of these big corporations? So, you know, I'm thinking a guy opening a gym um, in Newark, New Jersey. Next thing you know, he's training CEOs and sitting in front of Spotify. How did you get in front of those companies to present
2: this idea to them? Man, it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. I mean, I didn't realize how long it was going to take. I mean, it was like we just started Spotify like a week ago, I want to say. Um, and that's been like a year. It took almost a year to go from that. A lot of it is relationships, just building relationships. And to be honest, I had to up my business acumen a lot. So I have a lot of advisors behind the scene. Uh, two advisors. One, she runs the most largest and successful wellness company in New York City. And she's basically like a wellness broker. So she, places clients with, um, you know, wellness practitioners. And she's my advisor. And she was the one that got me my first client and also got me my Spotify. Right. Uh, So one class that she got me turned into five classes at this company. And then she got into Spotify and then uh, pulled us in as one of her flagship um, programs. So there's that piece. And then right now we're closing a deal with the, uh, they're called Jewish community centers, JCC here in uh, Palisades. And this is going to be our biggest contract yet. And this took was a six month back and forth. So I think one of it is finding the gatekeepers. So if you have a, a product or a service that you're selling and you wanna do business to business, you need to know who the gatekeeper is for that product or service. So for us, we focus on you know, people and culture, operations, uh, employee experience, and a lot of cold calling, a lot of just six degrees of separation, but having your materials ready to go so that way when you do get that intro, you're ready to go.
0: That's awesome. Um, what what else do you think's in your future? And and at the end, a- answer a side question for me because I grew up not far from Ironbound and Newark. Um, is all the good Portuguese food still there?
2: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I think um, you know it's a, it's still a long road. So my even my advisor, like I said, who runs the uh, her company's called Exuberancy here in New, in New York City. And, you know, I look at her stuff. It took her six, seven years to get to where she's at now, right? And I'm still just in coming up on wrapping up year one, right? I just wrapped up year one. So I know I still have quite a bit of hustle um, ahead of me to get to where we want to go. But essentially, I look at us servicing, you know, at least 10 to 20 uh, firms in the New York City metro area with our boxing instructors, um, teaching these on-site boxing classes, growing the Ironbound Boxing nonprofit. So we have a, one thing I didn't talk about was we have a partnership with Everlast. Thanks to some of the relationships I was able to build Everlast, saw some of our stuff, reached out. and was like, hey, we love the vision. Tell us what we can do to be a part of it. And uh, so we partnered together on that. So really leveraging that Everlast relationship to provide free boxing to kids all across the country, um, all across the world, to be honest. So right now we're able to, to train kids for free in Newark, but through the entrepreneurial endeavors such as the corporate boxing and some other projects I'm working on. The idea is to grow the Ironbound nonprofit to the point where we're able to sponsor kids in Baltimore, in D.C., in these inner cities that can't afford to train at a, a boxing gym. At first, I wanted to put Ironbound Boxing Academies in every inner city across the country, but it took me four years to get to where I'm at here in Newark, and I still have a long way to go. So to expect you know me or my team to move into a, a community like a Detroit or like a East St. Louis and build relationships from the ground up is going to be a lot harder. So now I'm just looking at the model as, hey, there's already people on the ground doing a good work. They just need a little bit of help. And I think Ironbound Boxing can be that brand to provide it.
1: What you do both on the ground, face-to-face with folks, and from a corporate or strategic standpoint is highly motivating. Do you have a favorite quote or principle that guides or inspires you? Uh,
2: the biggest one, I've, I've, it's really two. Um, the first one, I mean, know you all are familiar with man in the arena, right? Um, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, where a doer deeds could have done them better. You know, the Teddy Roosevelt quote, because I make a lot of mistakes. I've made tons of mistakes, but I have to always remind myself that it's not the critic who counts. You know, there are people that are watching us as a brand, watching me as an entrepreneur and saying, oh, what's Mike's doing? Or you probably shouldn't do that. Or even like managing finances, right? I just told you all, I'm purchasing some you know, podcasting equipment myself. But at the end of the day, I'm the one in the arena. I'm the one in the trenches. And so it's easy to criticize on the outside, but until you're living it and you're breathing it, it's a whole different story. And then the other one that I find myself constantly going back to is uh, Roll the Dice by Charles Bukowski. And he, he starts off the poem as, if you're going to try go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. And so, you know, as I started building up the buzz for this Ironbound boxing, as I started to build up the buzz for the nonprofit. And I left my job to focus on doing both full time. You know, it was very challenging. And then the decision points keep coming because, you know, you drain that 401k and you think you're going to hit, you know, during that period. But then, you know, the 401k starts to run out and you still realize you have a long way to go. And so then the next piece is, do you take that job? Do you take it out or do you go into the mutual fund, right? To kind of get those funds going. And so I was facing that moment. And again, I started thinking back to that Charles Bukowski going to try go all the way, otherwise don't even start. And so that's just where I'm at now, you know, mentally, physically, and spiritually even, just letting people know, like, I'm all in. Um, There's really no going back, and I got to see this thing through, see this thing through um, until the end. And both those points really allow me to uh, find strength.
0: Incredibly inspirational story. Um, You definitely sound like you're on your way and you're not going to stop. And given your background as champion boxer, Marine Corps infantryman, uh, entrepreneur, and mentor, uh, I don't think anyone's going to want to bet against you. Um, Thank so you. are phenomenal. Um, uh, some of our listeners may want to reach out to you, learn about what you're doing, maybe ask some questions, get some advice. Um, where can the listeners get in touch with you?
2: Um, I'm pretty aggressive on social media. I encourage people to follow me on my LinkedIn page um, and, uh, and Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn, just Mike, Mike Stedman. You type in Ironbound Box, and I'm sure it'll pop up. And then same thing on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Instagram at Iron Mike Steadman. And one interesting thing about social media, you know, all the different platforms, there's different protocol for each, right? So like LinkedIn is probably a lot more professional. Facebook is a lot more, uh, you know, professional, but the same still, you have like a family audience as well. And then Instagram is really like, you know, more personable. It's more seeing behind the curtain about how I think and how I'm approaching things.
0: It's interesting you bring that up because we're active on all the different social media platforms as well, both with the podcast um, and with our our business, Nova Point Capital. Um, wh- which one do you like the best and which
2: one do you think is the most fun? Is it, is it Instagram? Um, so it's weird for me. I like, I really do like, enjoy LinkedIn just because I've been able to make some great connections through LinkedIn. You know, for the veteran entrepreneurs out there, I'll tell you, when you start putting your vision out to the world, people are going to people are going to gravitate towards that vision. So a lot of times people want to hold their ideas close and, you know, not tell people about it. But, you know, if you see my social media, I tell you about projects as if I started them and I haven't made one step towards it whatsoever. But when I put it out to the universe, it holds me accountable. And I really do like LinkedIn for those professional relationships, but also like Instagram because the interesting thing for me on Instagram is a lot of the kids through the Ironbound boxing program and kids I meet in general in Newark are following my social media. And all, they're on Instagram pretty much 24-7. And so Instagram is basically a way for them to get insight into, you know, a different world outside that they're used to, right? So they can see me in the gym with the old coach, Mike, but then they see me at a Bunker Labs event in New York City or at all these different places. And I like to think it opens up their world to what's possible. Um, because a lot of times, if you're in a, a community like Newark, you're only, or you only know the world that's around you right? Whether it's the projects that you live in, that's your world, right? Um, If you don't know anybody that's gone to college, let alone a service academy or starting a business, you know, that's outside of your scope of understanding. But because of platforms like social media, like uh, Instagram that can be used in a unique way, it gives kids insight to show them what's possible.
1: Awesome. Well, we're sending you a follow on Instagram now. So hopefully you follow us back.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate you all having me on today. Yeah, Mike, it's been great.
1: Great stuff. I appreciate it. And thanks for joining us. We hope you liked this episode with Mike Stedman, founder of Ironbound Boxing. We'll leave you with this quote from Melinda Gates. If you are successful, it is because somewhere, sometime, someone gave you a life or an idea that started you in the right direction. Remember also that you are indebted to life until you help some less fortunate person, just as you were helped. Thanks for joining us on the Financial Operating Base podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So send us your questions or feedback to financialoperatingbase at gmail.com.